The Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. They who have my, com- they who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you. You may be seated. I invite you to pray with me this morning. Holy God, you have a word for us today, a word of comfort, a word of challenge, a word of hope, and a word of guidance for our lives. Make our hearts soft. Plant your word in us that it may bear fruit through our lives. Amen. Sometimes in our lives, things don't go according to plan, right? We can prepare, we can try to account for all the variables, we can try to be in control, but sometimes in our lives, things beyond our control derail even our best laid plans. Now, when I'm, ta- I'm not thinking about the small things here, like, for example, we wanted to go out to eat, and we had big plans at Mi Lupita, our favorite Mexican restaurant, but it was too full, and it was too long of wait. Our plans were ruined. We had to go to El Magway instead. No, I'm not the small things. I'm thinking about the big stuff, right? What was a time in your life when you had planned and prepared and, and, and prayed about something, and then the moment finally comes and something goes wrong and all your plans were blown out the window by storms beyond your control. Uh, has anyone else here ever failed spectacularly at something? A few of us probably, right? When that happens, we have some feelings, don't we? Maybe we feel anger or frustration or sadness or hurt. Maybe we internalize that and feel like a failure. The Apostle Paul had some days that did not go according to plan as well. In the reading in Acts 17 today, uh, we hear the end of the story, but at the beginning of the chapter, Paul had one of those days in Thessalonica. Our reading picks up in the story of Athens, and what we hear today is where God shows us something through Paul, something remarkable, that God can transform any situation into an opportunity for ministry. God can transform any situation into an opportunity for ministry. So I want to look back a little bit because I think we need to see what happened at the beginning of the chapter to understand the magnitude of what Paul's up to today. See, at the beginning of 17, Paul was in Thessalonica with his brothers uh, Silas and Timothy, and they had some big plans. They were proclaiming the gospel there. They were there three days in the synagogue. And it was going well. People were believing the gospel about the resurrection of Christ. They were coming to faith. They were coming to hear. But then something went wrong because some of the Jewish leadership there got a little jealous. Anyone ever had that happen where someone gets jealous and derails our plans? I know that we've never been the ones jealous, right? 
But they got angry, they got frustrated, and they stirred up trouble. In fact, they went out and got others riled up, and they got an angry mob, and then they came to the house of this person named Jason, who was one of the the believers in Thessalonica, who was hosting Paul and Silas and Timothy, and they drug Jason out of his house in anger. It was a terrifying situation. But they never got their hands on Paul or Silas or Timothy. They hid them away. And then that night, under the cover of darkness, these believers there sent them off for their safety to a neighboring town. And I'm going to put a map on the screen here because I think this is uh, helpful. They sent them from Thessalonica, I know it's hard to see this, clear up in the north, uh, just a little bit away to a smaller town, uh, Baroia. And there in Baroia, they went back to work. And they started uh, preaching in the synagogue, telling about Jesus, and, and things were going really well. They're, they didn't meet the same resistance. People were listening, were coming to faith. But then over in Thessalonica, a small town not that far away, they got word of what was going on. And those same jealous leaders moved over to Baroia and stirred up trouble again, even more so this time, so much that, that the people there, the believers there, they sent Paul away immediately and all the way south this time to Athens. And that's where our story picks up. They sent him away, fearing for his life. uh, And he was there. He went on his own. They got separated. See, they had had their hopes and dreams for for this ministry in Thessalonica and then Beroia, but things did not go according to plan. So here today, here's Paul alone in Athens, where our reading picks up. I mean, imagine this. He's separated from his companions. He's chased away. His life was threatened and in danger. I want to stop for a minute and think, how would you feel if you were in Paul's shoes in that moment? Despair, despondent, angry, frustrated, maybe like a failure. Certainly, I think I would be thinking about giving up, right? But what does Paul do in this situation? He gets right to work. He doesn't miss a beat. He keeps going. That blows my mind every time I see it. I wonder how is it that Paul continues to move on despite all these roadblocks? Is it that he's just this amazing, remarkable person? Well, certainly he is to some degree, but it's so much more than that. You see, Paul has the Spirit inside him, and he knows this truth that God can transform any situation into an opportunity for ministry. Paul writes about this in Romans 8, 38, one of my favorite verses. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Friends, we are called according to God's purpose. And so I want to take a minute to look closely today at what Paul does in this seemingly catastrophic situation turned opportunity to see what we might learn for those moments in our lives when things fall off the rails. Because we will face situations in our lives where things don't go according to plan. And we might even wonder, where is God in all this? So let's see what Paul has to teach us today. So first thing uh, uh, we notice is that uh, Paul walks around Athens observing he, he's looking, he's curious, he's seeking to understand and learn what's going on there. And it's really only after he does some of this observation that he really deeply engages in evangelism. Why does he do this? I think part of it's so that he can speak knowledgeably, honestly, and respectfully to the people he's trying to engage with. And notice he said he looked carefully 
at all their carved idols. It's easy to miss that, but he took time to really look and understand what was going on. That's the first thing. The second thing, Paul engages in conversation with people very different from himself. Did you notice that? He talks with Epicureans and Stoics and people at the Areopagus. Now, those are big fancy words, and there's more in my sermon notes if you want to go deeper, but really, it's people who are thinkers and philosophers, not just the religious types, because Athens was like a sort of hub for philosophical thinking, and people loved to do that there. So the third thing, when he finally engages with them, What specifically do we notice that he does as he shares the gospel? I think this is fascinating. He finds the the truth in their own poets, in their own philosophy, and rather than simply condemning everything they think and believe outright, he looks and he finds these little nuggets of truth and he uses them, affirms them, and uses them to open a door to share the gospel. It's such a beautiful tactic. He says, I see that you have this altar over here to an unknown God. Well, let me tell you more about this God that you don't know much about. I see that you are all extremely religious. That's great. Now, let me tell you the rest of the story. He says, even your own poets say this. Well, let me, uh, let me lean into that and tell you what that means, really. Let me tell you what you've been missing. And he goes on to talk about a God who made the world and everything in it, the Lord of heaven and earth who created us to search for God, to grope and find God because God is not far from any of us. And he says, in God we live and move and have our being. It's a powerful witness. And I also notice that he makes this bold, impassioned speech to strangers, right? Remarkable. And some of them come to believe. I don't know about you, but sometimes I read these stories and And I long to have this boldness of Paul to share about Jesus. I want to share my faith. I've certainly had those moments, those opportunities, but maybe I'm afraid to speak. What if I say the wrong thing? What if I accidentally push them away and do more harm than good? I wonder, what was this fire inside Paul that allowed him to keep going and seemingly always be open to these opportunities God puts in front of him, even out of tragedy? What was it that finally moved him to speak so boldly even after all this struggle? I think he names it in what we see at the beginning. Did you catch that? Verse 16. I want to look at that again. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was deeply distressed to see that the city was full of idols. Deeply distressed. That that word really got to me this week. I was thinking about that, praying on it, wrestling with it, and I realized you could say it a different way. When Paul looked around and saw all this, it broke his heart. It broke God's heart to see these people looking at idols and not knowing God, and he couldn't stay silent because when your heart breaks, you can't stay silent. What breaks your heart? What are the things that you see and you just have to act. You just have to move. You see, it broke Paul's heart because he knew it broke God's heart. Paul allowed his heart to break for that which breaks God's heart, and and perhaps that was the hardest thing he did that day. I mean, do we allow our hearts to break for the things that break God's? Because that's a heavy burden to bear. I mean, when we see things in the world, war and violence, when we see people who are homeless or alone, when we see kids who are hungry, 
when we see oppression or injustice? Do, do we allow these things that break God's heart to break our own? I confess that sometimes it, it's, it's so heavy that I just want to look away. I want to go home in my own comfortable space and turn off the news and, and pretend it's all okay. It's difficult work to allow our hearts to break. And yet that's what Paul does. What was it about this situation that he noticed that he noticed was breaking God's heart? You see, Paul knew the grace of God to his core. Paul knew how deep and wide the love of God is for every human being. He never forgot God's mercy for him in his own life. Because if you remember the story of Paul's life, he was on a bad road, right? I mean, he, he was persecuting God's people. He was becoming a fanatic, a, a murderer, a monster. He was hunting down and dragging out, imprisoning innocent people. When one day Jesus had the mercy to show up miraculously and knock him off his horse and say, Saul, Saul, why? Why are you persecuting me? Why are you hurting my beloved? I think Paul knew that if, after that, everything changed, and he knew that if God could forgive him, could redeem him, could use him for ministry, then God's love must be for everyone. And it broke his heart to see people who didn't know this deep love. Because if they are God's beloved, how much must it break God's heart for them to be far from God? the one who knew you before you were born, the one who formed you in your, in your mother's womb, the one who created you, who gave us life and breath and everything to simply be relegated to this altar over here to an unknown God. Paul wanted everyone to know this amazing, redeeming, transforming love of Jesus Christ and all that he has done for them. I mean, do you ever think about who you would be without the love of God in your life? Really think about that. I've, I've never had an experience quite like Paul. I, I don't have some checkered past where there was this moment where everything turned around, but, but if I really stop and imagine what my life would be like without the love of God, without the grace of God, without the transforming that God has done in me day and day and day again, when I think about who I would be if not for the grace of God, I shudder. I don't think that's a person I'd want to meet. And if God's love has done this in my life, I know God has that same heart for the person who's far from God, who's feeling lost and alone, and how can I hold back when God has never held back with me? I mean, God has given us life and breath and all things. In God, we live and move and have our being. Hold that word close to you this week. Recite it in the morning when you wake up and at night before you go to sleep? Is there someone God is inviting you to share this incredible love with this week? What opportunity for ministry is God going to put in front of you? Make no mistake, friends, you have a ministry. You are called according to God's purpose, not just pastors, not just some of us. Nope, if you have been baptized into Christ Jesus, you have been called and you have a ministry, whatever that is. And sometimes we might be afraid of failure. We might be nervous. We might think, I don't have what it takes. But, but friends, do you want to know the secret of never failing? Look at Paul and how he responds. Learn from him and allow God to transform any situation into an opportunity for ministry. Allow the God whose love never fails to lead and guide you every day. And I want to close today with a, 
a prayer that seems to fit this so well. It's the prayer that's at the end of my daily devotion every morning, uh, Lectio 365, and this prayer seems to fit, so I want to share it with you as I close today. It goes like this. Father, help me to live this day to the full, being true to you in every way. Jesus, help me to give myself away to others, being kind to everyone I meet. Spirit, help me to love the lost, proclaiming Christ in all I say and all I do. Amen.